0: Hello again everybody, my name is Lena Abijamra and this is the Living With Power Hope Podcast. I'm your host and I'm so excited you're back. We are covering some heavy ground here. We're talking about questions that people ask about life, faith, culture and everything in between. I try to give you biblical truth for everyday life. I typically do it ER style. I am not a theologian by training, but I love God's Word. I've been teaching it for 20 years, written some books about the Lord and I've been following Him to the best of my abilities in that time. Um, and the essence of this series is really to think like regular people approaching the Word of God and you have researched things, but you just want to know how to navigate a post-Christian culture. And this podcast is meant to give you hope if you're a Christian in a post-Christian culture. If you're not a Christian, you're still invited and welcome. and, And I hope you get to know the Lord. He has invited you. Uh, to have a relationship with him through the son, uh, through the death of his son, Jesus. And if you don't know him yet, I hope today you'll put your trust in him. Hey, if you do know him and you have a question about life, faith, and culture, send it to me at, dearlina at livingwithpower.org And if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, do so. I'd love for you to leave us a review and to download our app while you're at it. Um, in the meantime, let me move on to today's question, and I'll try to give you three thoughts about it. A, a, a challenging question today, and honestly, um, I, again, I'm giving you an overview. You could spend hours, in fact, people have spent years talking about the topic that we're going to cover today, and we have, what, 15 to 20 minutes to cover it, and uh, and uh, here we go. Dear Lena, uh, this woman wrote me this this uh, question and it uh, you'll see in a second it has to do with her being a single woman but the question is certainly not restricted to that so dear lena if the bible teaches that the man is the head of the woman and that woman was created for man what purpose does my life as a single woman have and she has in parentheses in this question uh, first corinthians chapter 11 and uh uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, by the way, is one of the difficult uh, passages of Scripture when it comes to uh, the role of men and women in the church. And we are going to spend a lot of time in this series, or, or not a lot, but some time talking about uh, men and women and uh, their role in the church. And, and a lot it has been written in some of the challenging passages. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul's writing have basically 1 Timothy chapter 2, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Those are sort of big chapters of controversy, and people literally have spent uh, decades and volumes writing about this. So again, I, 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 right up front, this disc- full disclosure: I'm not gonna cover. Not even—I mean—to say even the, the sliver of the conversation—but we're going to get started on some biblical principles that will help this this listener. If the Bible teaches that a man is ahead of the woman, a woman is the head of, created for man, what purpose does my life as a single woman have? And I think uh, even so, I'm not even going to focus on this issue of headship as much today as how do you how do you wrestle with situations in Scripture where you read something it doesn't make sense to you, and you're trying to figure out how you fit into that. And, and we've talked in the past about approaching the scriptures with a God-centered approach, but this person seems to have a God-centered approach. They want to live a purpose that is godly, and, and, and they're wrestling with this. You know, what do I do with these passages that leave me out? And, and, uh, and well, here, here's my, talk, my take on it. Number one, when interpreting scripture, it's critical to take into account the context all right. My pastor Carl uh, at 180 Chicago he says, uh text without context is pretext. And and he's right. And um and I think even before anything else you got to see who's Paul writing to and 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 in general when you take a passage, what's the context here? And we know that first Corinthians 11, Paul was writing to a church that had deviated from God's ways and there was immense sexual sin, there was impropriety happening. They were deviated from what God had Jesus had taught him just literally literally years after Jesus had died and rose again and um, it's a letter of rebuke and it's a letter calling to repentance and a, le- and a letter that spends a lot of time talking about the the role and the order that should be in the local church and and in fact we get into chapter 11 and you move into a discussion of the lord's supper and one of the problems in that church is that there's a lot of disorder and and a lack of understanding of how things ought to function and so there's a lot happening in first corinthians when you put in this passage and so it's people have taken this passage out of context and they'll read these passages where you know paul in 1 Corinthians 11 says but i want you to understand verse 3 but i want you to understand that the head of every man is christ the head of a wife is her husband and the head of christ is god and then it but, but it goes on and for about 10 or 15 verses and by the way i taught a morning minute series on first Corinthians that i think talks about this very well but um but but here it's easy to kind of get sidetracked and say wait he's talking about the wife and the husband and am i supposed to cover my head and not cover my head and remember the context and there are certain things again we t- we've talked about the bible being a literal word of god but there's some cultural context here and the head covering falls as part of the cultural context and by the way um just sort of stepping back giving you a, a big guy view there's a um, there is a debate, and this is not a, a, a issue. There's, there's some non-negotiables in the Christian faith, right, about what salvation means, but then there are some um, big areas that uh, would not be matters of orthodoxy, but of disagreement. And one of those big areas is this issue of uh, headship and... Uh, the role of men and women in the church, and and in, and in marriage, for that matter. And so we call it like so on one side is complementarianism, and on the other side is egalitarianism. And complementarians believe that um, the man has authority over the woman, uh, just like God the Father has authority over Christ. And it's it's more complicated than that, but but basically that woman complements men, whereas in egalitarianism it functionally and So so just moving back a second for complementarianism, the idea is that though men and women are equal, there's differences in roles. And egalitarianism would say, not only are they equal, but they're equal in role. And so that there's no difference. A woman can be a pastor, she can be... um, uh, There's mutuality in marriage. And and so those are sort of the two extremes. And many people fall in the middle. And so in fact, many more modern day Christians, you know, don't like those terms because they sort of pitch you against each other and they sort of box you in a certain way. and and so I I don't know that I love those words. I've had friends who've used the word complementary. They've kind of created a word made up of both of those. Um, so and, and and I and I think there's truth to that. And and I think ultimately you wanna go back to scriptures and try to interpret what's being said. And you cannot do this outside of context. And so pay attention to what the passage does not say and what it says. And so even in this passage, if you're just reading it in your morning devotions, it's easy to sort of take it out of context and be like, oh, wow, every, it says every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head, but every wife who prays prophesies with her head uncovered. And you can get on these tangents. There's a lot of ideas in these verses, and it can easy, you can be easily bogged down with what the passage does to and does not say even for the single woman you can read it and i mean you could superficially say well it's talking about the wife and the husband so why are you even boxing yourself into this passage but in fact if you look at the root of the words um the it's actually referred to as wife and husband but then later as manhood and womanhood and so really the those principles are in fact given about um uh, uh, roles of men and women in the church now egalitarianism would say that this this word that that the husband is the head of the wife has more to do with origin, less to do with with uh, authority. And, and of course, complementarianism they would say no, it has to do with authority. And there's a ton of you know Greek and 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 going back to root words that we're not going to cover here today. But all this to say that it's easy to come to a passage and take it out of context, no matter the issue. So your issue may not be men and women in the church; it might be a different issue. You cannot take it out of context. Pay attention to what else the passage is saying. So here you move into a discussion from 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 the role of men and women and order in the church did the lord's supper and order in the church so there's more that paul's concerned about in terms of how things ought to be done in the church than even in this passage you would say about the role of husband and wife or men and women although he does say stuff about men and women and husband and wife now pay attention to what else is said elsewhere about this topic as well so part of taking it you know not taking it out of context is to balance 1st Corinthians 11 with other passages of scripture uh, be it you know acts chapter 2 where peter Uh, goes and preaches at pentecost it says that men and women would prophesy to also the second or the uh, first timothy uh, chapter two passage that is more specifically about uh uh the leadership in the church and and in the home and and ephesians 5 in the home and so you got to balance these things out again can we do it in a 15 minute podcast not i'm not here yet we're gonna have some other questions that deal specifically with uh Uh, gender uh, issues and roles in the church and in the home. But for now, I want to sort of stay very big picture. So when interpreting scripture, it's critical to take into account the context. But also, number two, when interpreting scripture, it's critical to take into account the whole. All right. Uh, What I mean by that is more so than just two or three passages of scripture that talk about uh, men and women, but really stepping back and taking the Bible as a whole. Uh, Remembering that God never contradicts himself in his work. So, so now, like applying it to the single woman when she says, "Well, what's my purpose?" Well, remember the whole God uh, in Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through ten. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, talks about what salvation is, and he says we're saved by grace, not by faith. It is the work of God, and then he goes on that we are created for His purposes. We are, in fact, the verse specifically um, says. Uh, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jeremiah has a great passage talks about how he made us even before we were in the womb he had a purpose for our life and so we've talked about calling here in this, in this podcast in this series and so so For a woman to say, well, I don't see my point, my purpose as a single woman, step back. God doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. God has a purpose. The Great Commission stands. God wants men and women to go out into the world, preach the gospel, teaching the ways of God, uh, Matthew chapter twenty. um, is is a great you know verse i start telling him to you and i I don't want to misquote so let me just briefly uh, all authority in heaven and on earth jesus says has been given to me go therefore make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i've commanded you and behold i'm with you always to the end of the age that great commandment the the great commission is for men and women so when a single woman reads this and says oh i have no space now in the church what purpose is my life be careful First, don't take it out of context. It will take study, even past what we can do here in 15 minutes. By the way, in the podcast notes, I'm going to link up a couple of articles. My favorite on specifically this passage is an article written by a woman named Claire Smith in the Gospel Coalition, which is a complementarian, you know, world, world view, nonetheless. I would urge you, even as an egalitarian, to read it. It's uh, thegospelcoalition.org slash article slash head-to-head about 1st Corinthians 11. If you Google the Gospel Coalition and first Corinthians 11, you'll find it. It's written by Claire Smith, a woman. It's a beautiful and long and detailed article on how to interpret this passage, acknowledging the difficulty of it. And it really, I don't think any person has written a better analysis of this chapter, and specifically verse 3, than this woman. Now... Going back to, again, we're we're talking about this single woman who's reading these verses. And A, don't take it out of context. B, take into account the whole. God doesn't contradict himself in his work and in his word. God always works within his character of love and order. And God always has a reason for every word he says. And so before you come to a judgment and a conclusion in your mind and sell yourself out, you've just read a couple verses and you're like, I don't have a purpose in my life. Brings me to the third and probably most important point. When interpreting scripture, it's critical not to let your lack of understanding lead to a lack of faith, all right? Unfortunately, this happens too many times. You read something, you don't understand it, I think there's two approaches. One is to disregard it, be like, I'm just gonna move on. And you can spend years in the faith and be like, I'm done, I'm not even gonna think about that. I'm just gonna go to verses that feel good, like Romans eight twenty eight, like Jeremiah 29, 11, like Psalm 23. They're easy, they're fun, they make me feel good. Uh, but, but, but the other side, rather than just ignoring them what often happens is we lose faith because of them so many christians have grown up in christian homes and heard the teachings of the bible they get to an age where now they start to question they go out into the world the culture especially post-christian culture attacks be it the belief on marriage be it the belief on role and manhood and womanhood and rather than really taking the time to study it um and and by the way some try to study it and, and arrogantly study it with a pre-made bias of what they want the bible to say But, but the danger is to let your lack of understanding lead to a lack of faith and so this person who asked that question is struggling with finding purpose as a single woman in light of a couple of verses here that that are hard to understand legitimately hard to understand volumes have been written about it so don't let your lack of understanding about a verse or a scripture lead you to a lack of faith Satan takes great joy in bringing confusion to your faith and Satan will use your little doubt and turn it into disbelief if you're not careful many Christians who have deconstructed in their faith has stemmed out of this now again does it mean like you might end up you might have grown up complementarian and ended up egalitarian or vice versa I see more Switching to egalitarianism, but but that's probably because I'm in the complementarian circles, and so a lot of the changes that happen are to the other degree. And remember, this is not a it 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 has it can be divisive. To me, it's not a divisive issue. It's an important issue, but it's not a divisive issue. Uh, you might be wondering like oh, where I fall on this. Uh, I'm I'm a soft complementarian, so I, I believe in that the Bible is is clear uh, here, and that there is an order. Uh, This passage does not talk about equality of men and women. Men and women are both made in the image of God. It just talks about the order in the church, and I do believe there is an order in the church. Now, there are people who work in this ministry who don't agree with me. They believe in in men and women being able to do the exact same thing in the church. By the way, I believe in this passage, it talks about both men and women prophesying, whereas in other places, in Timothy, Paul says that women ought to be silent. And so you could read the passage in Timothy and go crazy about, what he wants me to be silent. That's not fair, he hates women and on and on. And so be careful, don't take it out of context, take into account the whole, and be careful not to let your lack of understanding lead to a lack of faith. Satan takes great joy in that. Satan, here's, here's the good news, does not stand a chance against the truth of God's word. If you approach God's word humbly and research it and study it, and we'll give you resources to that effect as we can, I promise you, on the important thing, stay stay orthodox, stay, stay biblical on on the issues that may be second tier, the convictions. You might be a little disagreement, and then there might be, and then there are preferences. I would put this man and woman role as not a preference, but a higher. So if you think of things as three categories, there, there's the doctrines, there's the convictions, and then there's the preferences. The doctrines are the non-negotiables. Convictions are matters that you might end up going to a different church and have some serious argument with a person who doesn't agree with your convictions. But they're still, uh, those are not matters of salvation, but of, 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 of the way to, of, to interpret certain passages of scripture that are difficult to interpret. And I think this issue of manhood. And womanhood falls into that and then there's preferences which are much easier you know should, should you know it's we talked we gave an example of alcohol and, and whatnot but there are other examples as well so so it, I think this is what I want to cover here today in a nutshell again we are going to come back and talk about the role specifics about men and women and gender identity and whatnot in 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 this series I think this is a big issue in 2020 and in a post-christian world so for now hang on to that uh, uh, this, look, in order to understand better, it will take time, and it will take searching and talking and and uh, not settling for what you've always heard, but but actually doing the dirty work. And it's not easy. It will demand your uh, intentional um you know work in this uh, to finally just before i leave i would say for this person what purpose does my life have as a single woman uh, much purpose i would say an immense purpose whatever you do whether you eat or drink today do it for the glory of god god has given you i've written a book on this called thrive in fact a good time to talk about it and to offer a free resource for you um, uh, first three people to email us at dearlina at livingwithpower.org i'm gonna send the book thrive let it be a single person, please. It can be men or women. It was written for both. Uh, if you're a single woman and you're struggling in light of these verses uh, to find out your purpose in the church, I think my book thrive makes a very compelling argument that God not only has a purpose for you, but intentionally has a, has you, where you are right now for a season, for a reason, it might be for a season, but it's for a reason. And I believe in my life as a single woman, I would say that he has done much in my singleness to fulfill his purpose. Um, I, w- I would say despite or 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 in, in conjunction with first corinthians 11 i wouldn't say despite because i don't think god puts anything in his scripture that's meant to grieve us but to grow us and to teach us and to instruct us and to convict us and so let's pray that god gives us wisdom he says in james to ask and he'll give it liberally so let's pray over those difficult passages of scripture that god will give us clarity wisdom the 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 zeal to follow through and to study those concepts that are difficult to understand and to land on a place that is honoring to God and biblical. Hey, as usual, I love you guys. You got questions about anything uh, in relation to life, dating, singleness, culture? Everything in between. Send it to me at, dearlina at livingwithpower.org. Lena is spelled L-I-N-A, dearlina at livingwithpower.org. Join us on Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central. I teach a Bible study live on Facebook in our community group. Join us by going to livingwithpower.org and click on Join Our Community. Hey, on our website, you will find plenty of free resources for you. The same on our, on our um, app. Just download it. And know that you are being prayed for today. We love you. We're grateful for you. I'll see you again next time.